Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to the 14th episode of From the Den, where today we're discussing the linebackers. Oh, yeah. Orin, I'm kind of sad right now, I'm not going to lie, because every episode... We've done at least like the episodes with me and you have been, I've been wearing my amazing Khalil Mack jersey. And of course, the episode where we're actually talking about Khalil Mack, I am unable to find the jersey. For those of you watching on YouTube, this will make more sense. But um, if you're not watching on YouTube, I feel like you could probably also infer that I wear a Khalil Mack jersey like every episode. I don't know where it is, but that's fine. This Dunder Mifflin shirt will do. Anyway, anyway, on to the actual Bears linebackers. So we're not actually going to start talking about Khalil Mack. Instead, Robert Quinn, baby. Um, the Bears' main acquisition of this offseason was, of course, Nick Foles. But still, the main acquisition for the defense was Robert Quinn. And there are a lot of facets that go into it, like does he fit in the offense and money-wise, and also who, who he was replacing. So we are going to cover all of that and more, starting with just the basic money of the signing. Did it make sense uh, from a money perspective? So Robert... Yeah, yeah sorry. Do you have anything to add to that? I was just going to say the money thing where he signed a contract five years worth $70 million. And which you can compare that to Leonard Floyd's one-year deal, which is a fifth-year extension for $12 million, just to put that in perspective. Right. Um, Of course, money, when you're taking into account money, you also have to say, well, maybe he was paid a lot, but was he worth it? I think outside of the NFL, a lot of uh, teams and analysts are thinking, Robert, the Robert Quinn signing was not worth it from a money perspective because he is uh, quite inconsistent or he does get injury, injured a lot and they are paying him a significant amount of money and also taking into account how old he is. He's already 30. Yeah. So five-year deal, that means that if they keep him all those five years, he'll be 35, which is pretty freaking old. But the only good thing about the contract is that it's guaranteed for the first three years, but after the third year, they can release him and gain those $14 million all back. So no, nothing is guaranteed after three years. So in reality, it's a three-year contract with two years, which the Bears have the choice to either keep him or not. Yeah, and also it was a big deal that the Bears, uh, in releasing Leonard Floyd, they actually gained a lot more money and they freed up a lot of cap space because they would have had to pay him an extra $12 million this year to, uh, because he would have been up for a fifth-year extension. Yeah, which makes it around even for this year. Obviously, the Bears probably would assign Leonard Floyd to nine year, a nine million, ten million dollars a year. That sounds around where it would be. Versus Robert Quinn is making like fourteen million dollars a year. But for this year and in the future, it's not it's not that big of a difference. And for the play, hopefully, the way that Robert Quinn's been playing recently, if he brings that play to Chicago, then the difference of four and two million dollars, it's a hundred. Well, yeah, any if you're paying him a high amount of money, it still works out if he's actually playing well, like I was saying. So it also, it's hard to say whether it was worth it yet before actually seeing how they play. So if Robert Quinn sucks, of course, it's going to be overpaying him. But if he does well, then, you know, it could all be worth it in the end. So basically, for money-wise right now, we'll have to see. But now on to actually Leonard Floyd versus Robert Quinn's talent. Because although I think that Robert Quinn is a more talented player than Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd definitely did exhibit a lot of potential, and I'm actually pretty excited to see what he does in the upcoming years with the Rams or whatever team he ends up being on. 
because he, he was still good. And I think that the Bears did believe in him. But I think another main reason that the Bears switched uh, Leonard Floyd and Robert Quinn, uh, and you've talked about this in other episodes, they have that win now mentality. And Leonard Floyd is definitely a work in progress, whereas Robert Quinn has already been in the year in the league for like 10 years, isn't it? Yeah, he's been in there for a long time. Yeah. So if he's going to produce, it'll be right on the spot. It's not guaranteed that it'll come out and be amazing, but still he's less of a work in progress than Leonard Floyd. So I think that that is something to take into account. Like, like I said, if you look, there are two different ways to look at this signing. You can look at it for the future, mm-hmm. which obviously I would probably rather have Leonard Floyd, but for the present, Robert Quinn is who you want. And the Bears, I, like I say this all the time, the Bears are making moves not to win, to win now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just now. saying. And Ryan, Ryan Pace has realized, oh, I've made mistakes in the past. I need to fix those mistakes. He's not letting Adam Shaheen do anything. He's drafting tight ends. He's not letting Trubisky do much. He's getting, he's getting Nick Foles. He's getting rid of Leonard Floyd. But he's I don't re- think – I think that Leonard Floyd is a different situation because, well, I, I have no way of knowing if Pace actually likes Floyd or not, but I think that in the case of Floyd, it was also just a money issue than like strictly talent alone, where it's not like, oh, I don't like Floyd. That's why I'm going to cut him. It's like, oh, I think Floyd exhibits a lot of potential – but right now, like for the game plan we're going at, it makes more sense to get Quinn. Yeah. So I think and, that's why it's a little different than like the one with Trubisky. And if you compare them, and on most, Leonard Floyd has a lot of the physical tools. He has just not been able to harness them yet. And I'm not saying that it's guaranteed that he'll ever harness them. And Robert Quinn is a player who has all the tools, but his tools are slowly getting worse and worse because of his age. But he's harnessed, and also his- because he's like depleted. He's been depleted with injuries basically his entire career. Yeah, so I feel like this is different than the Jimmy Graham. I I do not like the Jimmy Graham signing. And Jimmy Graham has been, I would say, a bit injury prone. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say very injury prone, but he's gotten injured once or twice, and he's old. But he, the difference between him and Robert Quinn is he hasn't produced statistically. Robert Quinn produced statistically last year at a Pro Bowl level, and he played against Demarcus. But he didn't make. I mean, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. He had yeah, how, many, like, how many? Was it twelve sacks? Yeah. I think I'm losing you here, Oren. But that's fine. We'll just cut this out for now. A little intermission break. Wow. If you guys enjoyed this episode or enjoyed these five minutes of an episode, make sure to leave a comment. Okay, Oren's back. Intermission is done. Pick it right back up. Wait, what just happened? You cut out. <laughs> so I was I was improvising for fun. Oh my 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 internet connection is unstable. Yeah, I know it cut cut out. Shit, that's annoying. Give me one second. Let me see if I can fix that for a second. This might help. Oren, wait, I'm gonna pause it. We're live. To the fourteenth episode of From the Den, where today we're going to be discussing the linebackers. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a sad day to be honest, Oren. Why? You know why? Because, like every episode we've done, I've worn the same um, Khalil Mack shirt, but for some reason I could not find it today. So I'm in this. I'm rocking the Dunder Mifflin shirt today, but it's kind of ironic that the episode where we're talking about linebackers, I cannot find um, the shirt that I have the jersey that I have of a linebacker but when we're talking about the O-line and uh, tight end there it is you know yeah I don't know whatever so on to actually talking about the linebackers and not my dumb shirt get to it yeah yeah I'm gonna get to it (laughs) 
the Bears' main acquisition in 2019 or the 2019 offseason or whatever was Nick Foles, of course. I think that's pretty obvious. But on their defense was Robert Quinn, the signing of Robert Quinn. He was on the Dallas Cowboys most, most recently before the Bears. A lot of the NFL is not a big fan of this signing because they say it was overpaid or maybe he doesn't fit this offense. But who needs the rest of the NFL when you've got Oren and Benjamin? So exactly, exactly. Um, let's just start off with talking about. We're going to go over all of Robert Quinn's, all the facets to this acquisition, but we can start off with his contract. So, Oren, give me the deets, the details. Oh. That was really bad. It's five mil. It's five years, seventy million dollars. And what's interesting about this contract is that the first three years are guaranteed, but the two years after that, the Bears can release him and save all fourteen million dollars or maybe 12 million, 13 million, they won't they'll be able to save a lot of money. So it's pretty much a three-year deal with, with a two-year option, which makes it really interesting because the Bears, if they actually kept him for five years, he would be 35 years old, which is pretty old for an NFL player. Especially yeah, he's, already, he's already 30 years old. So, But he, the thing about him is that he's played 10 years already, nine years. So, I mean, I don't, I don't expect the Bears to keep him for more than three years, but that's going way too yeah, far. Why are they even signing to a five-year deal if they're going to drop him after the third year? Because he probably wanted a five-year deal. He was going to say, I want a long deal, because he's thinking in his mind, he's probably like, oh, I want a long contract because once my once I start becoming worse and worse, then what then? Right, he'll still have some money. He'll still have some yeah. money. Like, okay. The, bear, the Bears are tricky. They tricked him. They The Bears did trick him, I guess, but... Five years, $70 million, even with uh, the option at the third year, that's still a lot of money to use on a player that, although he has had some great seasons, he recorded 11 sacks last season, I believe, or 12, right. somewhere around there. Uh, he still is quite injury prone and he's not elite or he's not top five. So there is still some risk factor in that. Do you think, with that said, do you still think that it was worth it money-wise? No doubt about it. $14 million, around 18 to $19 million is for a top five player. The Bears don't need, this is the Bears who want Robert Quinn to be a top five linebacker because they would want him to be the second or the best behind mm-hmm. Khalil Mack. But obviously that's not what they're expecting in real life. They're expecting him to be a top 15 outside linebacker, a top 20, which is okay. still ridiculous. Maybe even top like 10. Very like could- 10. But I think that, I, I think that, in in reality, the Bears will probably the Bears probably won't be able to get a big name player like Robert Quinn for anywhere cheaper than fourteen million dollars. And I think that if they really wanted to upgrade at the outside linebacker position, they they either could have let go of Leonard Floyd and got someone else for maybe eight nine million dollars, was around the equivalent of Leonard Floyd, but saved some money, mm-hmm. or went all out and got Robert Quinn. And they were going to all out and got Robert Quinn. The Bears are trying to win right now, and this is a great move for their defense. But also They're- some of the concern is that in he's not a guaranteed great player. He's been injured for a lot of his career. Um, yeah, he's injury prone, and he's not – like I was saying, he's not perfect, and I don't think he's super elite, and that's why – that's where some of the criticism falls about – it's a giant gamble, and it's a lot of money to do I'm, on this player that – elite. You think he's elite? I say, what do you, what do you define as elite? Like, I mean, how many Pro Bowls has he made? And he's been injured. I'm saying, I feel like 
five year 70 million is like top five money or top 10. And if he's going to be the second, like, I don't even know if I believe this, but this is just a devil's advocate thing or things that other people are saying. They spent out all this money on like a, a luxury player, basically, because they already have Khalil Mack and they could have used it, especially like if there were a team that were depleted uh, in the linebacker position and really needed a linebacker, that signing would make more sense. But it's especially when you're considering that Khalil Mack was already, was already on the Bears and they have a great defensive line and linebackers. Uh, it makes you question the signing a little more. All I'm going to say is this. Mm-hmm. Imagine the 2018 Bears with, I would say, around an equivalent safety, Adrian Amos and Deshaun Gibson. They, they're not the same, but I'd say skill-wise, they're around equivalent, not that different. Prince of Mukamara, who is solid, but they got Jalen Johnson. They have a lot of depth at that position, pretty similar. And they have younger on the defensive line. Their younger players have developed to become a bit better, like Roy Robertson-Harris, Bilal Nichols. But now the big difference is imagine having Leonard Floyd, I would say an average outside linebacker, to who, in my opinion, is Robert Quinn, an elite outside linebacker, an elite top 15 outside linebacker. Right. It is that, it's that rule of three thing where yeah. we talked about this last episode or something where you have three, three guys attacking the passer is the true number that makes you such a dangerous team. Yeah. The, the great defensive end, Richard Dent, said that the, the only way for your defensive line to be dominant is if you have three dominant pass rushers. Because think about it, there are five offensive line. You could say maybe a tight end's blocking, a running back's blocking. But if you have three good players, you're either going to have to double team all of them. And then you have you have three players. Even if you have Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks, and Khalil Mack, only three of them rushing, which will very rarely ever happen, mm-hmm. you would have to have six players blocking three rushers. That is ridiculous. And if you don't double team one of them, then that's a big problem for you. That's what's going to make them dominant. And I think that this Bears defense can be one of the best ever. Because think about it. Wow, 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 wow. Best ever? One, I'm not saying top five, top ten, but I mean they could could become probably one of the best defensive defenses in the past ten years. I mean, I think it's a bold prediction to say the Bears would be the top defense this year. I could see it happening, but it's still – less than likely you know yes it's less than likely because they're 32 teams well yeah i guess that's fair but do you think do you think the bears are the most likely to finish as a top defense more than like is there is there another team that you would say is more likely to finish as a top defense other than the bears i don't i can't think of any team that has as dominant of a a defense skill skill wise the ravens are looking pretty stacked the bills have a very underrated great defense Patriots have had a good defense for the past few years. Uh, but I won't get too distracted with this because... I don't think none, none of those defenses compared to the 2018 Bears. And this 2020 Bears is a better version of the 2018 Bears. I get that they haven't played, but if you put players on paper, this is a better version of them. Okay, okay. Uh, let's move on here just a little bit because we got a little sidetrack. But that's all good. That's all good. Uh, on to just Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd versus uh, Robert Quinn. We already discussed the money-wise, uh, but just skill-wise, I guess we did talk about skill-wise too. Uh, should we? Do you have any more you want to say about that, Floyd versus? I'd say that Leonard Floyd and Robert Quinn both have the skill, but the difference between them is that Leonard Floyd has been able. Um, Robert Quinn has found how to utilize his skill 
while Leonard Floyd hasn't. It's like Trubisky versus Foles. Trubisky has way more talent. But and Robert Quinn, I, I know Robert Quinn is great at this. Uh, the jump, he like he jumps up when an offensive lineman is trying to do a move. It's like a counter, and then he can jump up and like push an offensive yeah. lineman around him. That's a move that he really likes to utilize a lot. Um, Leonard Floyd doesn't really have a move that he utilizes a lot just yet. Yeah, and the um, thing about it is like if you were to say that Mitchell Trubisky has way more skill than Nick Foles. And I, I think that Leonard Floyd and Robert Quinn have equal skill. Mm-hmm. But the difference between Nick Foles and Trubisky is Nick Foles is able to utilize his worst skill way better while Mitchell Trubisky is not able to utilize. So his you're, you're comparing the Floyd and uh, Quinn to Trubisky and Foles? Well, I think it's different because Foles, Trubisky has way better skill than Foles. Floyd and Quinn have equal skill. They're equal, yeah. So that's that's why I think it's just such a big jump because while while Floyd is an inexperienced rookie with all the skill, Robert Quinn has all that skill, yet he's also smart and able to use it. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's the most skilled in the NFL, and I'm not saying he's the smartest outside linebacker because Khalil Mack's better than him, and there are plenty of other outside linebackers better than Robert Quinn. Mm-hmm. And plenty is still like 10, 8, whatever you think, but I still think that the difference between them is very big that around $2 million this year is completely worth it. Yeah. Okay. So on to Robert Quinn as a player himself, uh, not comparing him to Leonard Floyd. I've covered this a few times. He has a lot of highs and lows in his career because he has been injured a lot. Um, But also in 2013, he recorded, he had seven fumbles and, a high, like I think double digit sacks. And then last season, he also had double digit sacks. But with that said, I don't know how many times he's made the Pro Bowl, but I don't think it was too many times. Of course, the Pro Bowl isn't a great metric, but it still can show some things. It can show some level of eliteness. So it just is Leonard Floyd as a player good enough to be worth the amount of money that the Bears spent on him? Well, I think that Robert Quinn, he, he's made two Pro Bowls in 2013 and 14. 2013, he had 19 sacks. and 2014, he had 10 sacks. That's, and that, that's elite. That is, that is that, elite. That, that's not the thing that makes him great because 19 sacks is that, – that, that wins you defensive player of the year or you're the second player. He had seven forced fumbles and five forced fumbles. These stats remind me very much of Khalil Mack. <laughs> and – I know that this was 2013-14 and he's declined, but his stats have slowly went up. He went down to five sacks, four sacks, eight and a half, six and a half, and now he's at 11 and a half. And I think that when he played, he played for St. Louis, he played for the Rams, he played for the Dolphins. He never had an elite pass rusher next to him. He went last year to the Cowboys. He had Demarcus Lawrence next to him. And he regained his skill. Because, like I said, if you're the best pass rusher on a team, the team can double team you easily, even triple team you. Like you look at the Khalil mm-hmm. Mack this year. When Akeem Hicks was hurt, and the teams could easily double team Khalil Mack, and they wouldn't have to worry about the other players as much. Khalil Mack statistically went down like a lot when you when Akeem Hicks wasn't there. And that's why having another player like him just elevates the game of everyone else so much. I know this is a hard comparison, but it's like in basketball, if you have like five great players on a team, your stats, your points per game, or yeah, your amount of points you get per game is going to go down because you're not going to get unlimited points. But sacks don't occur every play. They occur every six or seven plays. 
So sacks isn't something that's like, it needs to be distributed. Sacks is something that everyone on the team can get a solid amount of. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, it's distributed. So wait, say that again. Like sacks are easily, I would say players. It's like, if you have three good pass rushers, it doesn't mean that their stats are going to be worse because they're, their stats are only going to become better. Because it's like every single like oh okay I understand in plays yeah because it means well it's like yeah although Robert Quinn might be like someone could have the outlook oh Robert Quinn's going to take away sacks from Khalil Mack when in reality just having an extra threat opens up so many more gaps that there will be more total sacks it just means that there are more total sacks and not that it takes away sacks right that's what you're yeah, saying yeah well, also think about it this way if Khalil Mack, if the Bears player gets a sack one in every twelve plays then now Robert Quinn, now the frequency will move up one in every eight plays. That doesn't mean that right. Khalil Mack will do worse. That just means that it might it might mean he does better because it's like not every play there's a sack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I got it. It's it just simple math. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's why it interests me. Okay, yeah, that that is pretty interesting for, right, just the rule of three thing that we were talking about. Um, now, finally, how does Robert Quinn fit on the Bears defense? That is very important because – Robert Quinn was pretty great on the Cowboys, but he wasn't so good when he was on the Rams, and that's because they had two different defensive systems. Now, the Chicago Bears have a 3-4 defense, and I do not believe that Robert Quinn is great or good typically when he is in a 3-4 defensive system. Uh, The Cowboys do not run a 3-4 defense. So does that pose a problem? And uh, Because also... The reason for that is because Quinn is better when he's doing pass rush alone, right? Yeah, he's better when he's rushing the quarterback rather than in coverage. Than in in coverage, defense, yeah. Yeah, 3-4 defense. Like, for example, I think the Raiders had a 4-3 defense with Khalil Mack, which put him at defensive end, which made him – he wouldn't really – he would only rush the passer rather than playing coverage. Right, Khalil Mack went into coverage – like, goes into coverage now sometimes. Yeah, Bears, so like not Robert Quinn's <laughs> – Forte, but right, I, and yeah, Robert Quinn is significantly more productive when he is not in the defense of the Bears have, which is quite concerning, actually. But you know, an well, outlook that you can have is the Bears probably knew this when they were signing Quinn. So if you have faith in the Bears organization, which some people might not, but I do, and in uh, Chuck Pagano, that Chuck Pagano might have a trick up his sleeve, and you know, he'll know how to work with Quinn to get the best production out of him with what the Bears have. Yeah, and what I think that they could do is I'm not going to say they're going to switch defenses to a 4-3 or anything like that, but what they can do is they can utilize him more as a rusher. They can change around their defenses. They can have – they'll probably end up doing a bit more blitzes or they'll, they'll put three defensive linemen on the line of scrimmage, and then Robert Quinn will go rush the quarterback while Khalil Mack drops back in coverage, vice versa. But I think that what's so interesting is that if you have Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, and Akeem Hicks rushing at the same time, which will happen very often – 50, 60% of the plays. Mm-hmm. What's great about Akeem Hicks is that he rushes the passer with his power. He pushes the the offensive lineman into the quarterback. Right, it's like a nose tackle almost because of just how big he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. he's. He, I think he's the biggest player ever to rush for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Is he bigger than the fridge? Yeah. Wow. And That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, so would he what he does is he pushes the offensive lineman into the quarterback. The quarterback's obviously not going to stand still because then he's going to get sacked. So what does the quarterback do? Takes a yeah, step back. I just looked it up. Sorry. Akeem Hicks weighs 324 pounds. That is, that is wild. Wait, the fridge weight. 
One second. Now, now I'm curious. The fridge, I can't spell though. The fridge weight 2018. Okay, I can't find it, but whatever, whatever. Moral yeah. is Akeem Hicks is a big boy. Yeah, I'm not positive. I'm pre- pretty sure, but I'm not I'm not thousand percent sure. But what I'm trying to say is that when Akeem Hicks pushes the quarterback back and he takes a few steps back, Robert Quinn wins by speed. So who's going to outrun the defensive line, the, out, the offensive lineman? Who's going to be there to get that sack? Robert Quinn. And what's Khalil Mack? He's just dominating. Okay, yeah, again with the rule of three, right? Yeah, I understand what you're it saying. Works, it works even more for this situation because it's like because Akeem, Akeem Hicks has back. his own thing with power. Quinn has his own thing with the jump move, but then Speed Mac is so elite, he's basically great at everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that but makes sense. Robert Quinn runs around the offensive lineman and tries to sack the quarterback from the back while, while Akeem Hicks pushes it back. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So I yeah. think uh, you can look at it in two ways. You can say he doesn't really fit the Bears scheme because it's a 3-4, but in reality, the way he plays, it does fit the scheme. Right, it's like he doesn't fit the scheme itself, but when you're looking at the personnel and the players that he's surrounded with, he can make it work out. I think that that's actually a very good point. I was forgetting you might. I think you brought this up in the D line episode again about how, yeah, Akeem Hicks will push the quarterback and the offensive line back enough where it's right in uh, the danger zone for where Robert Quinn has a great place to tackle him because he likes to come. He likes to loop all the way around because he's got great speed. Um. And do you have anything else to add here about no. Robert I'll just, Quinn? I'll just conclude by saying that the Robert Quinn signing, I'm very happy with. And I think that the Robert Quinn signing, even though it's a lot of money, this is what can take this Bears defense from a top three defense to an elite all-time defense. I'm not saying wow. they're the 85 Bears. And not, I'm not saying that they're even a top 10, top 20 defense of all time. Not even 20, top 25. <laughs> Does it even count as an elite all-time defense if it's like 75th all-time? Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. I think that's a good defense, but there hasn't even, I don't know. That's a little bit of an ex- or like overstatement, I think. But still, yes, they can become a very, very good defense. I will say that. And I think that the 2000 PFF, I don't really like to look at pro football focus, but they had the Bears 2018 defense as the second best defense in the whole decade. Not in the whole decade, in the 2010s. So mm-hmm. I think that this 2020 defense can be more dominant than the 2018 defense, which is hard to do because they had luck they had all of this. But I think that even if they're sub the same, the same amount or just a tiny bit better, that's mm-hmm. the difference between an elite defense, like a top, top one defense and a defense that people will remember. Yeah. Like, like yeah, that extra star power. Great. But like, People will vaguely remember the 2018 defense, but if the 2020 defense is a bit better, they will be remembered for a long time. Okay, yeah. Uh, my concluding thing about Quinn will be, I think, pretty similar. There's a lot of things that makes fans and experts and uh, experts wary about this signing, about they overpaid him, or at least it still is a lot of money, even if you don't think it was overpaying. Um, they let go of Robert Quinn, which, you know, I mean, sorry, they let go of Leonard Floyd which I think most people would say Quinn is better than Floyd, but still, you know, there's some downside to letting go of a player with that potential. And also he really has been inconsistent throughout his career. And especially considering that coming, he's not his best when he's in this defensive scheme. But with all of that said, that rule of three is so dangerous and such an exciting prospect in my mind. Like I think, although there is definitely a downside, like the the potential for this defense is so like, insanely high 
that I think it, it definitely makes it worth it just because also considering that Bears offenses are never great and this year's offense, even if Foles comes in and makes it better, like, of course, Bears teams are powered by the defense. Yeah. So they're going to need an insane defense, of course, to, you know, make it somewhere far this year. So I, I do like, you know, although there, I will say that there's a lot of risk to this, the rewards gets me excited as a Bears fan. Exactly. And if they're not willing to take that risk and signing a player to a lot of money who's good and can bring this defense to an elite level, they're not going to be contenders. Yeah, I think that is a fair statement. You know, okay, so just looking at the offseason moves, they, the Bears had to make a choice between Danny Trevathan and Nick Witkowski, and they ended up signing Danny Trevathan, the older and more injury-prone player, and let go of and didn't re-sign Nick Witkowski. Well, during- older and more injury-prone, but he's also a better player. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but they, they – and they re-signed Kevin Pierre. They didn't re-sign Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and they didn't re-sign Aaron Lynch. So do you think that – first off, do you think that the Bears should have signed Danny Trevathan or Nick Witkowski? And do you think that the Bears should have went for Robert Quinn? Or do you think that they should have went for – to go get depth? Because right now, their outside linebacker and middle linebacker, their starters are pretty injury-prone players, and their depth is not amazing right now. So do you think it was the right decision to – to sign okay. Robert and to sign all these players. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this one at a time. Was, was your first yeah. question about, like, did you think, were you asking me, like, should the Bears have cut Danny, Danny Trevathan? Or what, what was the thing about? They could have they could have signed either Danny Trevathan or Nick Witkowski, and they signed Danny Trevathan. Do you think that was the right choice, the wrong yeah, choice? Yeah, I'm going to keep this short. Nick Witkowski is a pretty good player, but and Danny Trevathan is injury prone. And maybe someone of a dirty player. I mean, I just that hit on. Uh, and yeah, Devontae Adams. Uh, I like that play. I mean, sorry. I don't like that play. I just like to refer to it. Anyway, I think Trevathan's a better player. Kwiatkowski was good, though, but he doesn't exhibit the raw talent that a guy, that an elite MLB or, or a guy like Trevathan would have. Uh, you want to make a comment or should I just move on here? No, I was going to say the same thing. I think that Danny Trevathan versus Nick Kwiatkowski – Nick Kwiatkowski is a player who you've seen his ceiling. I don't think he has an incredibly high ceiling. He's not a player with elite athleticism. He's not a fast player. He's, he's a player that he plays really hard and plays his best. But what you saw last year, you're not going to get any better than that. And Danny Trevathan is you a player. Think, who, well, why do you think that a guy like Leonard Floyd, I mean, Leonard has, Floyd, of course, was picked higher, but what do you the, see in Leonard Floyd that you don't see in – I know it's two different positions and stuff like that. The speed is the athleticism. The difference between them is that Leonard Floyd has the skills. He was just not able to put them together. Nick Witkowski doesn't have the skills. He was just able to put them together. He was just able to use what he had. Exactly. Right. So like, so basically you're saying Kwiatkowski was playing up to his potential. Well, Leonard Floyd, like uh, Kwiatkowski was punching up to his weight or a little over his weight while it's Trubisky, well, it's Trubisky versus Foles. Trubisky, again, again, it's always Trubisky versus Foles with you, man. Yes. It doesn't, doesn't have to be everything in comparison it, with that. It but always it is. It, it always makes sense. Okay. Nick Kwiatkowski is like Foles. Kwiatkowski is able to use his skill and he plays his hardest. Well, Trubisky, compared to Floyd, Trubisky has all the skills. He's just not able to put them together. All right, fine. I won't contest you on that. Uh, the next question was just about should they have focused on depth rather than big name players? Correct. Yeah. Um, that is an interesting question because I think that you can 
say a few things about it. I mean, I was not significantly sad about the Bears losing players, the player Kevin Pierre Lewis and Aaron Lynch, because I don't think they contributed a whole lot in the past few years. But with that said, when you look at it like from a whole, you realize how depleted the Bears secondary linebackers are, the ones who aren't Robert Quinn and Dane Trevathan and Khalil Mack. You realize how much they do need those um secondary players, I guess you could say, or the like depth basically. So that makes me wonder, you know, oh, should they instead of getting a big name Robert Quinn, should they have focused on depth? But I don't think that they should have because and I think you'll agree with this based on what you say in a lot of episodes about winning now. This is something that comes up in a lot of our episodes. The Bears are focused on winning now. And if they had got a lot of depth players, it might have satisfied the rest of the NFL. But understanding this Bears team is knowing that they have all this talent and they need to win in the next few years. So bringing in a guy like Robert Quinn is what's going to take him to the next level, whereas signing a bunch of no-name depth players might help them in 10 years, but that's not what they're trying to do. Yeah. What I think is interesting is that if you put two really good defenses together, obviously the skill players will really show themselves, but the depth is really what matters a lot. Now I'm, I, I still think that the bears were good were correct in signing Robert Quinn rather than, than signing other depth players. But I'm not saying that it's not a concern because I think that well, you look at the 85 bears, the 85 bears had players Pro Bowl players on their bench. Mm-hmm. They had defensive tackles. They had safeties, cornerbacks, linebackers on their defense. They had so many good players that they could have they could have had their players to sit out, be injured, no matter what. And every another player could have stepped in and played at a Pro Bowl level. Not only because there were so many good players on that team that every single player is elevated, but because they had so much depth and they had so much skill. Now, obviously, you can't ask for skill and depth. You have to be such a good general manager. You have to have an amazing- right. You can't, and not every general manager can do what they did in '85. But what all I'm going to say is that the lack of depth is a concern, and I think that they need to fix that. Especially considering they have Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, which, for example, like cornerbacks and safeties, depth is important, but it's not essential because yeah, every players player play a hundred snaps, all a hundred percent of the snaps, while outside linebackers play. 80% of the snaps. So what are the other 20% going to be? Is that Isaiah Irving? Is that Barkevius Mingo? Is no, all- but also, also something that makes it a lot more concerning is that I think every player, every starting player on this Bears defensive line and linebackers have been injured at some point and recently too. Robert Quinn gets injured a lot, as I've said like 10 times this episode. I don't know why. Uh, Khalil Mack was injured two years, Wait, ago. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah, with that little thing. That wasn't a big deal, but still, he's been injured. Roquan has been injured, correct? Yeah, he got injured last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trevathan, I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but Akeem Hicks, I guess I am going to go through the whole list. Anyway, all of the Bears starters have been injured, and that's if, if none of them had been injured, then it wouldn't be such a concern. But taking into account how little depth they have, plus the fact that it is pretty likely that one of the players, at least one of the players, gets injured at some point, that's a concern because while it is good, you know, while Pace is really throwing all his chips on the table in this time, I think you still do need some depth. Yeah. Because even if you're trying to win now, you need, you, you have to account on that players will get injured. 
So I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not worried, but last year, for example, they signed Kevin Pierre-Lewis late in this, like not late in the season, but right before the season started. And I think that the Bears, like the Bears understand the need, the need to sign a backup outside linebacker and a backup middle linebacker. And I have faith that they will, but I just really hope it's a player like, for example, Aaron Lynch, he's a good backup outside linebacker. The thing is, is that the Bears didn't want to resign him because he didn't produce enough for the Bears to be paying him the amount that they wanted to pay him. How much were they paying him? They're at a five, four million, I think somewhere around wow. there. I don't know if I, I could be wrong, but I don't think it was a ridiculous amount. Mm-hmm. But like, still, the Bears don't want to, they need a player like him they can get for cheap, who has potential and all that, who can step in and play well. And Aaron Lynch just couldn't do that for them, which is unfortunate because in 2018, he was, he had very, very promising. And I really hope that the Bears, who have, I would say, solid depth at defensive end, they can be able to move some of their players to outside linebacker. Or they can they can be able to utilize their depth at defensive line. And to switch it into the depth, into the lack of depth. I think they could go from defensive end to linebacker, but defensive end to middle linebacker might be tough. Yeah, that, that's a that's not a thing. Because middle linebacker is a complete, like, it's a it's a whole new role. Exactly. That, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So... Going to Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, does mm-hmm. their injury histories concern you? Because, for example, Ro- Roquan Smith, he hurt his pectoral mes- muscle this year. Danny yeah. Trevathan hurt every year. I feel like we're talking about yeah. injury a lot, but like... Yeah, I mean, they- it, is a big, it is a big part of this linebacker because basically what I just said, I'll, I'll repeat it. It not only concerns me, concerns me for them as a player because, of course, Trevathan and Roquan can't live up to their potential if they're constantly getting injured. It concerns me for the defense itself because, like, I think the lap, lack of depth and the talent feed into each other because a player can't have a lot of talent if there's a lot of injuries. And if there's a lot of injuries, then the players that come in won't be as talented. Yeah. If that made sense. I don't know. So yeah, I'll leave it at that just because I've already basically said it before. So you can go. Yeah. So I think that just looking at these players, like, they're injury-prone players. Danny Trevathan, injury-prone. Roquan Smith. Yeah, I exactly. I we went through it. I, I wouldn't call Roquan Smith an injury-prone player because he always only got injured once. But still, it still is concerning, even though, like, not all of them are constantly getting injured. Yeah. It is concerning it, to think that it, there's not one player on this starting. Last off. year, I would say the Bears' best position depth was middle linebacker because they could put Nick Wachowski in. Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Mm-hmm. Really and plus they had two great starters in Smith and Trevathan. Exactly. So I'd, it wasn't concerning last year. Obviously, I'd, we didn't think Roquan Smith was an injury-prone player, and I don't know if you can classify him as that. No, it, I, I'm saying he's not injury-prone, but it's just more concerning that, like the fact that he has gotten injured proves yeah. concerning. Yeah, and yeah Especially yeah. now, it's easier to become injury-prone once you already have an injury. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the only thing that I'm going to say is that if the Bears get back up, like get good depth in middle linebacker, I won't be as concerned about Roquan Smith. Danny Trevathan I'll be concerned about, but Roquan Smith won't really concern me as much. But they need backup linebackers for me to feel comfortable having them. Not, I wouldn't say – I think they're, they're both really good middle linebackers. I just need – for me to feel fully comfortable having them on like the team and just all that, you need good backup linebackers. Yeah. I mean, you need a good everything to have an elite team, but yes. You so like that is, if they re-signed Nick Kwiatkowski, I would say, oh, okay, he's not, that re- he's not an injury-prone player. I would say, oh, okay, they don't need to get depth. But the thing is that 
having Danny Trevathan comes with not only signing him, but signing a depth player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to Roquan Smith's actual play. He was drafted in 2017, 2018? 28. Eighth overall pick, right? And he's showed signs of greatness, really. Um, do you think that this will be the year that he finally breaks out, or will he just keep climbing up and maybe in a few years? It'll be I, the year. I think that I don't know necessarily if it's this year, but he's primed for a great year. And I think he's really, really, really good. And I, well, I mean, okay. Yes, I think we both agree that Smith is pretty good. So let's make this more interesting. Do you think that he will be great? That's what I'm wondering, okay? Because I don't, I don't want us to just keep talking about, oh, he's good, he's good, he's good. Do you think that he will be great? Do you th- will this be the year that he, is, that he really makes a significant leap up, or will he just be pretty good? No, this, I think this is the year. I, I, there might be another year, but I think this is the year. Because <laughs> it might be another year, but you think this is the year? Yes. Very firm in his answer. Very firm. His rookie year, he showed a lot of potential. Last year, to begin the year, he was, I wouldn't say shaky, but he wasn't amazing. And he started building himself up. He played really well. He, against the Lions, he had two sacks, like 16 tackles, like a crazy stat line against the Lions Thanksgiving. He was really starting to get into his role, and he was playing really, really, really well for like the last like four or five games. And then he got injured against the Cowboys. And I think that first off, that injury took away a, a really good year. Right, Second, but that injury, you could say, oh, you know, the reason that he did badly last year because, was because of the injury. But then, with that said, the injury could continue to affect him for the rest of his career. Yeah. Because, I mean, worst comes to worst. I'm saying he could be con- – what, what did he injure? His pectoral muscle. Is that like a – something that's nagging is it like known to be a nagging injury is it just a one-time thing i'm not sure but i don't think i i obviously it's a it's a big time injury but it's not like an acl or anything like that right it's nothing like that but still it it could it's just a factor you got to take into account a little bit at least i think that if you like he he had some issues he's like didn't play like against the vikings and it was like he took some time to adapt to the new system and all of that but he had like five or six really or like four or five really, really elite games. And I really believe that if he plays without being injured, because I don't think he's a relatively injury-prone player and he doesn't miss games, I think he can really step in and become one of the Bears' elite linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you, so I'll spare the people listening the time of repeating. But I'll just say um, so another reason why he could be great the lack of depth just means that he will have more time to play. And although that could mean he gets injured more or something like that, it really means that he's just going to have a bigger role this year. So that's just, that's a pretty clear reason in my eyes why he is prone for a breakout. So I'm excited to see him play. Now moving on here to the person that surprisingly we really haven't talked about a lot this episode, but the big KM Khalil Mack, no, the big Mac. What if I just talked about Ladarius Mack? I should have I I done a fake out there. I should have said that. Whatever. Khalil Mack. It's time to talk about Khalil Mack. Finally, the wait is over. Don't worry, fans. Now you can be satisfied. What, what, what's your take on Khalil Mack? Do you have any hot takes about Khalil Mack? Do you think, think he's great? He's a top five linebacker in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Top outside linebacker mm-hmm. in the NFL. Skill-wise, he's a top three. But the only reason I'm not putting him top three, last year I would have put him top three, is because he had a down year. 
And it's like, I would say it's still very bold to put him top three, but I think that after this year, if he plays as I'm expecting him to, he'll be a top three linebacker. Yeah. I think everyone agrees with that, but that is not true because there was, for those of you who don't know, I guess we could link it somewhere. I don't know. There was a CBS poster article that put Khalil Mack at the ninth linebacker in the NFL. It was, it was it was like nine eight or seven somewhere like uh, whatever you know I'm gonna say nine it sounds it sounds better he might have been seventh but still that is a major disrespect to my man Khalil Mack that I love so much but I don't have his jersey right now that's unimportant he is top five top three easy easy in the NFL and I, I don't they put agree. they put they put the guy from the Packers over him Zadarius Smith Zadarius Smith like come on come on. Yeah, I think CBS is just looking for uh, for uh, for some yeah, controversy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, I, I, the Bears, CBS doesn't like the Bears. They had they didn't have Akeem Hicks as a top defensive tackle. Didn't have any. They had like Eddie Jackson. They they didn't put him top ten. They didn't put Kyle Fuller top ten. They didn't put the only Bears player they put top ten is Khalil Mack at eight because they had they couldn't disrespect him that much. But either they think the Bears are going to win zero games, or they're just like. Or they just think that the Bears have the I, most I don't know, like, dude. consistent defense in the NFL. Like, they don't have any stars. Like, they're just, like, so middle of the pack. Yeah, from our very unbiased opinion of being Bears fans, Khalil Mack is amazing. But I think that we should, like, you know, get into what makes him so great, so great of a player. I think Every- we talked about this. I mean, yeah, I think we talked about this earlier in an episode. Earlier in this episode, it's not one thing. The fact that he doesn't have one thing like the fact that he is so elite at everything he does makes him such an exceptional player. No team can can they can put one player on him. They really can't. Mm-hmm. He was he was being the pro, the only reason why Khalil Mack was held back in the 2019 like especially the second half I think of the 2019 season was because when when Akeem Hicks is injured, teams could literally triple team Khalil Mack. He had yeah. to be that that was the only way they could hold him back. Now Not- now, I just wanna I just wanna propose this. Now you add back Akeem Hicks. Right. And you add and you add Robert Quinn. Back to the rule of three. We're on it again. Exactly. Before they could they put three players on him. Now you take Akeem Hicks, that's one other player on Akeem Hicks. Now Robert Quinn, that's one other player on Robert uh-huh. Quinn. Uh-huh. Yeah, the only way that a team can hold back Khalil Mack is they double team him. Literally, yeah, double teaming or triple teaming. And the only and way in the only way they can hold back Akeem Hicks is double teaming him. The only way they can hold back Robert Quinn is if they double team him. That's six blockers on three players. Yeah, now, like right, any, that's what we we're saying. Any Goldman rushing, nobody's blocking him. Unless yeah, they, okay. We're we're getting very excited here as Bears fans right now. Yes, <laughs> this is our little. Have, unless they have like seven people blocking, and then in that case, they have mm-hmm. like two receiving options. If you couldn't two. tell, the offensive episodes were a little more downbeat because it's not not as as exciting. But you exactly. know, when we get the chance to talk about our. Our, our our Lord and Savior Khalil Mack. We're not going to waste our excitement. Exactly. I mean, we are. You know, you understand. Um, I don't know. What's some What's some more? Any, any like anything else to add about Khalil Mack? It's it's hard to like say anything um, controversial bold. because yeah, bold because he's just such. I mean, of course, as Bears fans, we know we're very biased, but still, he's. Great. <laughs> is great. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand the thing. The thing that makes me just really like confused is that Vegas has Khalil Mack. I think at the second best odds to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. 
Well, second. I think no, 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 no. Vegas, I, I don't look at Vegas odds because, like, last year Trubisky had like the highest votings for MVP. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that people think that uh, Trubisky no, 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 will no. win MVP. That's, it just no, no, means no, no, no. Vegas bases their odds based on how many people are voting for them for Defensive Player of the Year. It doesn't mean what no, Vegas. No, no. Vegas the odds like they say um, Aaron Donald or like Stephon Gilmore has the best odds to win Defensive Player of the Year, and the second best is Aaron Donald. It's the amount of money right. that you have to bet on them. Yeah, exactly. But they they base that like they like they'll they'll raise it or lower it based on how many people are betting on the people. Oh, okay. You know but what I mean? So either either way, I don't understand how anyone would put Khalil Max. Let's talk about skill wise. Mm-hmm. If you're saying skill wise, he's he's a top five defensive player, right? Mm-hmm. Then what's your excuse for him not doing well? Next year, he's not going to have any players around him. He's two of the best defensive defensive. Um, he's two of the best players in Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn rushing the passer. He doesn't have a good secondary. Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller. Yeah. He doesn't have good middle linebackers. Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. He doesn't have a good scheme. Chuck Pagano is a pretty solid defensive coordinator. I, find, me a, find me a hole. He's an injury prone player. I mean, he's been injured one time or two times yeah, in his career. Yeah. I mean, like real. Give me a real reason why he will be bad next year. And, and I found an interesting thing and to say. I, I think I think Khalil Mack is directly responsible, like directly responsible for the Bears' turnaround in 2018 and their greatness. Yeah. I how many games? I don't know how to phrase this without it sounding weird. But how many games? Do you think the Bears lose? Like how? Yeah, yeah. Like how many games? How many extra games do the Bears win when Khalil Mack is in? Like if Khalil Mack is out for a season, how many less games would they win? You know, like he's worth. He's worth like. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to like actually make a statement about that. If there are twenty-two players on a team, Mm -hmm. player should go with around should be worth around um well, I mean that's not a good way of saying it because an off one a single offensive lineman is not the same as the quarterback but still no. I mean it's hard to it's hard to say something like that but still like because I can't base this on statistics or anything but using the eye test or just even looking at statistics even looking at Khalil Mack statistics you can tell he turned around this defense although it wasn't terrible in 2017 it was still top 15 top 10 he completely turned around this defense, yeah, I and agree. he just affects all the players around him. He's it's and the amazing. Thing him is that when he came in the first few times, he was dominant. Like the first few games, he was dominant. But there was a vibe around the team that helped the Bears' offense, helped everyone. Mm-hmm. And also, I know it sounds a bit like uh, off topic, but Khalil Mack and the Bears' defense will also be better than 2019 because the offense will most likely be better and the running game will be better. The longer they run, the, the more they run the ball on offense, the less time the Bears defense needs to be on the field. Which means, Right, yeah, because the defense the defense was getting all tired out last year. Exactly. Because and yeah. also, unmotivated. They say if we if we stop this team and they only get 13 points, that doesn't mean we win, which is something crazy to say. If yeah, we, right. When the Bears go out and, and and the defense does all they can and they still lose the game, it's it's gonna unmotivate uh, the guys on the defense. They're going to say, you know, we've done all we can and more, and this offense is so bad that we're not winning games, and I think that that's definitely... Think about it this way. Mm-hmm. Every single game was a close game in, like, the first four weeks, even though they left 10 points. I think it was, like, 15. Yeah, the fun thing I like to say is, is that in 2018, the Bears did not lose a game. Like, every game they lost was a one-possession game. They lost yeah. by 
eight or less in every game. And I, and I was saying that for a lot of 2019 until the Saints game rolled around. And then, and then uh, that kind of changed a lot. But still, but still, like the Bears defense keep like when the, even when the Bears offense plays terrible, the Bears defense and specifically so Khalil Mack, because he is the leader of this defense. Um, you know, I was looking and in the past episode, you said Akeem Hicks is really the leader. You said like Khalil Mack is the best player, but Akeem Hicks is the leader. And yeah, Akeem Hicks is like the vocal guy. He is like a pump up guy, but come on. Like Khalil Mack is the leader of the defense. Anyway, like it's insane that Khalil Mack and the Bears defense keep them in so many games where the offense is just playing terribly. And the great thing about if their defense becomes a bit more elite next year, imagine how little their offense actually needs to do. Yeah, and it, and I would say that it's pretty likely that the offense improves. That's not to say that they're going to be good. It just yeah. means better than last year because they exactly. were terrible last year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not saying that you're doing better. It's just doing better than last year. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. be the tw- they can be the 20th best offense, have the best defense, and be an amazing team. Yeah, but not – yes. But I think for like for them to go super far, they definitely their offense would need to step up a lot. But they could still definitely make the playoffs if they have an elite defense. And like in 2018, the Bears' offense wasn't it was it was pretty good. It was like top 15, but it wasn't like amazing. And it was just because it worked, Trubisky was good enough. So yeah, got yeah. a little sidetracked, but that that was still a fun talk. Um, yeah. Finally, do the Bears have the best? linebackers in the nfl the best linebackers outside linebackers or inside linebackers just well in it was original i think the original question was outside linebackers but we'll i mean this is just the linebackers episode so i mean do you want to how do you want to do it? you want to just do one linebackers what all linebackers. all linebackers okay just do they have yeah do they have the best linebackers in the nfl all healthy no doubt about it I can't think of any team with better linebackers. <laughs> Khalil Mack is a top three linebacker. Robert Quinn is a top 15 outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. All right? Top 10 outside linebacker. Because a pro bowler, I think there are like five or six, five like outside linebackers per each team, and he barely missed it. Who barely missed? Oh, he barely missed the pro bowl? Yes. So I think if you have a player who's a top three outside linebacker and a top 15 outside linebacker, that most likely makes you – the best because yeah, have the best best linebackers but and also it, i mean like, are there middle linebackers that great i, yeah, I would say so I, actually yeah i just i needed too. to pose a rebuttal there roquan smith are players who aren't pro bowl players yet or maybe roquan smith but next year but they're not pro bowl players but they're perennial pro bowl players are they the best inside linebackers in the nfl no but they are top seven or eight group and it's very, very, very hard to find a team. There might be maybe one or two teams better than the Bears, but very slightly find a team that I would say has the best outside linebackers and a top 10 group of inside linebackers. Like, yeah, I, I, I would say um, if you're looking at roster alone easily, or yes, they do have the best outside. Or the, nah. If you're looking at roster alone, they do have the best linebackers, but I think it's pretty likely like I'm not guaranteeing that the Bears will finish as the best linebacker group in 2020 because it is pretty likely, as I've said countless times before this episode, a lot of the Bears starters are injury prone. So although the starters, like from a skill and skill wise and roster standpoint alone, I think they do have the best linebackers in the NFL. You have to take into account that um, it's 
kind of likely that at least one of them will get injured at some point, which will take down their production a lot as they do not have depth. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That, that was a pretty fun episode, I, w- I would yeah. say. All, all right. right. Good talk and bear down, guys. Bear down. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.